0: Hello everyone and welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is episode 159 and we're reviewing Rented girlfriend season 3. As always, there'll be spoilers throughout this episode. I'm still kind of tired. I feel like I'm still recovering from the wedding that we went to this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're all couple weddings that we are attending oh
0: my god there's three, like, three yeah in back a row. to back to back <laughs> three <laughs> weekends in a yeah, row
1: not like back to back to back days but even like three consecutive weekends it can be kind of exhausting but um yeah the, the one we went to was still fun um and you're probably wondering why are you even bringing this up it's not really related to anime there was one anime-related thing in that wedding. That it's like,
0: well, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> it is related to anime. Um,
1: and, you know, weddings are all about love, and Rent-A-Girlfriend is kind of about love. So <laughs> maybe there's a connection there. But yeah, it was kind of unexpected because the couple that was getting married, I didn't really take them to be into anime. Uh, but... At the reception, uh, typically, you know, the married couple will go table to table and take pictures with the guests that are seated at those tables. Um, But the DJ made an announcement that this time around, the couple for this wedding wanted to take pictures at each table. However, they wanted to do it under a strict time limit uh, just so things could get rolling with the rest of the reception. And so they decided to time this.
0: Like a picture taking speed run.
1: Yeah, they, they decided to time this speed run by setting it to the tune of an opening from one of our favorite anime, Cowboy Bebop. So they ended up playing Tank by the seatbelts, which just completely caught me off guard. But as soon as I heard, you know, I, I think it's the the brass section and the drums coming in. And the trumpets, I guess, uh, like the da 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 I was like, "What the fuck?"
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't expect it because I don't know if the couple watches anime or if yeah. like maybe the DJ watches anime and mm-hmm. just decided on that song. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool.
1: Yeah, and you know they were frantically moving to each table. Uh, so each table had to decide how they wanted to pose um, I think our table I think it was maybe about 20 tables in the uh, reception area um, and we were table 16 so we had some time but you know the frantic pace of tank um, it made it seem like we had to get this done urgently <laughs> uh, so that was that was pretty fun uh, unique thing that we haven't really seen at other weddings we've attended um, and of course just the fact that it was related to anime kind of made it like the, the cherry on top
0: the other fun thing totally unrelated to anime from that wedding was the late night snack which was portillo's, portillo's. Which is like a very iconic restaurant franchise in chicago although it's in other places now too um that specializes in like american food but like it's counter service so you go up and you order and then you you grab their food and go to to your seat nothing fancy um but not quite fast food either it's like right in the middle right like a counter service Mm -hmm. i I feel like is right in the middle but anyway um they specialize in like burgers and milkshakes and hot dogs and the whole fucking night i was like i just i just want a glizzy i just want one (laughs) of the glizzies And then when they were putting the food out, I'm like, I just want, I want to get a Glissi. I was about to cut the whole fucking line to get a Glissi. And this reminds me of our recent episode where I was just talking about hot dogs. Like for anime characters, if they were real, there was one character I referenced who could like create an unlimited amount of hot dogs. Oh, yes. (laughs) And so maybe that's what made me really want a hot dog when we were at the wedding. But also I was drinking a lot.
1: Well, it's weird because that same night, uh, one of our friends on Snapchat sent us a picture of him serving hot dogs at some food fest. <laughs> so <laughs> our maybe... lives
0: have just been surrounded by hot dogs <laughs> lately. <laughs> I don't know if
1: maybe like subliminally him serving that, and then us seeing that Portillo's was catering the late night uh, wedding snack, um, just made us really hungry. Hungry for Glizzies.
0: Well, that glizzy was awesome because after all that drinking and dancing, that hit. It, it it hit just right. It was great. But now let's move into Rent-A-Girlfriend. Did that hit just right? Was that great? We're on season three of Rent-A-Girlfriend. And um, I know like, okay, this is my general feeling. When we talked about season two was that season one, I felt like Rent-A-Girlfriend had a pretty good reception from the anime community because it's your... You know your your spicy harem of sorts, and then the meme from the manga came out, and then I felt like suddenly season two Rent a Girlfriend time frame, everyone just fucking hated the show. They were like, just steamrolling right over Rent a Girlfriend. But I was like, I still like it. I still enjoy it. Um, season three, I don't know what the general sentiment is. It just seems like in general, maybe it has a little less traction than normal because I, I feel like. Season three is pretty mild compared to the previous two seasons. So I don't know if it's just like people fell off the Rent-A-Girlfriend train after season two or season three doesn't have quite as much buzz around it because there's not as much that happens in the season.
1: I have to disagree with you there (laughs) because I feel like season two was too synonymous with season one. Where it felt like it was just a cycle of Kazuya falling into the same hole with, you know, trying to get with or trying to impress Chizuru or um win her affections uh while, you know, he have the other harem that's trying to pine for him more most especially Ruka. Um, I just felt like season two was a rehash of season one. I feel like season three has a little more substance to it uh, which was a nice change of pace from season two um, by focusing on a singular thing which is uh, the, the film project that kazuya puts together for chizuru um, rather than you know a lot of these happenstance moments which with each girl in the harem um, it's all focused on the, this sort of high stakes situation for kazuya to help chizuru's acting dreams come true while also being like a ticking time bomb because obviously she wants to do it for her grandmother so i feel like there was more of a plot that was being driven throughout this arc um but with that aside going to your comments about how it seems like rent a girlfriend doesn't have the same popularity as it did before I guess after the premiere of season one, I feel like part of that is probably, I don't really know what the meme is, um, but I think because of that, manga readers probably left a bit of a sour taste in everyone else's mouth. Um, So there's kind of this expectation, uh, whatever that expectation may be, but more of like a a negative expectation on the outlook for Rent-A-Girlfriend, where that kind of, bled into the anime community so they're not as excited to see how this series is going to turn out
0: okay to respond to what you said about season three compared to season two i agree with you that there is a a complete arc here in season three um that that you know progresses things essentially with chizuru and her grandma and then chizuru and kazuya but the reason I feel like season three is a little more subdued is because one of the the core elements of Rent a Girlfriend is the spice, like that is what captured everyone's attention in the first season. Because we have plenty of romance anime, we have plenty of harem. Um, but okay, there are there are also other shows that have you know the the spice level that Rent a Girlfriend has, um, or shows that are even spicier but that spice is what drew everyone to the show and and for me at least that's what grabbed my attention we got a decent amount of that spice in season two season three was not spicy there were some some like semi spicy moments but this felt more like a standard harem versus like a spicy harem and i think that's why i feel like season three is more subdued now i do agree with you that There is a cohesive arc that takes place in season three, and it is nice to see things come full circle and like have nice closure at the end of season three, but think about the cliffhanger ending of season one. Think about the cliffhanger ending of season two. Season three ending was pretty boring. It was just like a neat little bow, nothing exciting happened. There was no like, uh, other than the mommy part. I was
1: going to say that at least keeps things interesting it
0: does but it's not anywhere near what we got in season one and season two um so i feel like even that is an example of like how season three is way more subdued than before and it can be hard to balance the serious nature or the serious parts of season three's arc because we're talking about a race against time for when chizuru's grandma inevitably passes away Um, and there's some heavy themes that come with that but there's still plenty of humor in the season. There's still moments of spice. Like, why didn't they add like more spice? Why wasn't there more spice?
1: Yeah, I guess this is where we're just gonna differ on how we think about season three because, again, I felt like season one and especially season two were were kind of too formulaic with, I guess it's spicy elements. It's it's trashy elements, and yet they do take a back seat. In season three I mean it's still there but I for me personally I think it's nice just to get something more dramatic something more emotional with this story um, that was realized in in this arc because I'm sure you know this had it had to have that aspect or those aspects because of chizuru's grandma's situation you couldn't really have a lot of spiciness uh with this sort of morbid reality that's set upon the the, the main pair the main the two main characters the love interest uh chizuru and kazuya uh, so I, I have a feeling that you know with mommy being reintroduced into the story by the end of the season that rent the girlfriend may just return to its spiciness levels um and again, that kind of makes me think with the, the sort of response that Rent-A-Girlfriend is getting on the manga side of things, if that kind of proves my point of it becoming more formulaic with how like Rent-A-Girlfriend kind of just relies on being spicy all the time rather than having anything substantial.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I like the spice. (laughs) It adds flavor. Spice adds flavor.
1: I mean, I agree. I watched Marmalade Boy, which was, like, fucking spicy all the fucking time. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I I don't know. Like This one, maybe it's just because I felt so jaded from season two that watching season three, I, I was just a little bit more comfortable with what was going on. But before we get into the meat, no pun intended, of this discussion... Let's briefly talk about the O.P. and E.D. for this season. So starting with the O.P., we have the song Renai Miri Film by Halka. Is that how you pronounce the band's name? Halsa? I'm going to say Halka. Um, But I do recognize the name because I'm pretty sure this band did the season one E.D. for Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Um, And the singer, the female lead singer, just has a very very distinct voice
0: i like this op way more than the season 2 op i know we Same. talked about that in our review that we did not like the season 2 op um, i felt the only thing missing from season 3 op was a dance sequence with the main girls but i also feel like maybe that would have been like too repetitive to have that three seasons in a row but it kind of was somewhat iconic of the OPs for Rent-a-Girlfriend. So, I could I guess I could take it or leave it, but there are plenty of film motifs happening especially mm. in the beginning. Um you have Kazuya's classic running after Chizuru moment, running after the girl moment that yeah. I know you love in anime. Um and yeah, I think that it introduces everyone well and also made me wonder who the fuck is the chick with the blue hair.
1: Yeah. I mean, despite it not having the i guess typical dance sequence that you were referring to there are other staples of the rent a girlfriend op present like you said the kazuya running and especially the ending shot with the camera kind of panning towards the sky i think that's also a thing that happens in uh, rent a girlfriend ops and of course many shots of who is clearly the best girl of the show but yeah All to the tune of like film real motifs to go hand in hand with the film project uh, that's being focused on in this season. Lyrics wise, you have a song that also is chock full of film metaphors to coincide with the focus of this arc. With verses like "Right now, I I just want to burn you into my memory on the screen of my eyelids." It's a love millimeter film. And I emphasize millimeter because I know the first OP for Rent-A-Girlfriend is called Centimeter, but millimeter is a smaller unit of measurement. But I guess that's more commonly used in in film, so what have you. Um, I feel like the lyrics also just highlight Kazuya's desire to see Chizuru succeed in her aspirations and, of course, to ultimately be with her. When you have lyrics like, I'm unreliable, but I want to see you smile. If only I could become a cool hero just for you. Kind of summarizing what he does throughout this whole season. Then you have the ED, which is the song End Roll by Ambers. But that's Ambers with an apostrophe S. Like, Ambers what? (laughs)
0: Like McDonald's?
1: Uh, Yeah,
0: I guess. Or Denny's? Or any franchise yeah, like that?
1: Now that makes me question, <laughs> what are all of those franchises possessing?
0: I think it's like, it's McDonald's's restaurant.
1: Okay, so this is like <laughs> Amber's band. Uh, but yeah, this one, it's a modest light rock bop. There is an alternate ballad version that plays for episodes eight and nine due to their more somber nature. Uh, but visuals-wise, for the main ED, it's just Kazuya looking up at the night sky, and then you have what this fish on his phone cover, because I, I think that's a recurring visual motif um, in the show, um, kind of swimming away into the beyond, uh, bubbles that have images of Chizuru, best girl again, ending with a shot of her and Kazuya on the back patio. So very focused on the two of them, uh, but you know nothing more, nothing less.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hot I feel about it. It's pretty standard harem rent-a-girlfriend ED stuff. Um I I enjoy it. I don't like it more or less than the other ones. I think it's pretty pretty on par with the other ones. But I again, I do really like the OP. Um I think that one stole the show for me.
1: Lyrics-wise, more film metaphors with the title end roll referring to like the ending credits that you typically see uh uh, at the conclusion of a movie, um, I would say it's it's more... It feels like it's more of the perspective of Kazuya fawning over Chizuru. But I also thought, like, could this song also have a different meaning when you consider the alternate version that plays over the passing of Chizuru's grandmother? Um, so it's kind of like hearing the song in two different perspectives. Like, maybe one is from Kazuya's perspective thinking about chizuru or another is chizuru thinking about her grandmother so some of the lyrics where i thought it kind of has a double meaning um i've de- i've developed a habit of thinking about you every night your name shines in the credits that flow behind my eyes or i've developed a habit of thinking about you every night these feelings are not temporary they're something special so make of that what you will Alright, Strictly fam, time to shove some film right into that camera and your dick back into those pants as we dive into our synopsis and discussion for Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 3, the 2023 adaptation of a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Reiji Miyajima, animated by TMS Entertainment, and directed by Shinya Une. The third season follows walking Waste of Space Kazuya Kinoshita, proving himself to be useful by kickstarting an independent film project to highlight Rental Girlfriend and aspiring actress Chizuru Mizuhara. In episode 1, Home, Cooking, and Girlfriend, we begin season 3 in typical Rent-A-Girlfriend fashion where Kamikazuya tries to keep it in his pants while discussing the progress of Project rent a go Me with Best Girl. We proceed with Season 3 in not-so-typical Rent-A-Girl-Friend fashion when the series throws another girl into the fiery harem, Minnie Mouse, who eavesdrops just as much as a scurrying little rodent. And of course, we end this first episode of Season 3 in very typical Rent-A-Girl-Friend fashion when Sick Girl shows up to rain on the pair's project parade.
0: I love that this picks up right where we leave off in season two. That's always great. That's always a huge plus um, because then you feel like you haven't missed anything. Um, But with that said, immediately I was apprehensive about Meanie. They don't say her name very often in the show. (laughs) Um, So I didn't even realize her first name is Meanie. But yeah, I... I felt apprehensive about her because I'm like, really? We're introducing another chick into this harem so late in the game, especially when this harem is iconic. Well, he, I- I- Iconic might be like a, a strong word, but it is a very well established harem. So to add another girl to the mix, I felt was super unnecessary, um, especially when Sumi gets barely any screen time as it is. And then you have Mommy, who's like non existent this entire season. We're adding another girl to the mix. Of course, those feelings um, kind of subsided when we learned more about Mini, and she made it very clear she's not romantically interested at all in Kazuya, but is instead a cheerleader for Kazuya to get with Jizudu.
1: Yeah, I'd take Meanie over Mommy any day, but I, (laughs) I, I too, have the same feelings, uh, first seeing her of, yeah, are are we just adding another girl into the mix? Uh, But I guess she technically isn't part of the harem, right if
0: at least for now unless he decide to change something on us and then i'll be like what the fuck
1: no but i i think she's so dead set on making sure that kazuya and chizuru are a thing that she doesn't want to step in that arena at all um just a quick trivia piece uh mini is voiced by yu serizawa uh, i think okay she's she was in two shows that i watched recently um she voiced slayer in magical destroyers And the character Pell, it's an anthropomorphic character in Reborn as a vending machine. So
0: yeah, I don't know much about her work. I'm like looking on Mal and there's very little that I've seen that she is in. So she's kind of a newer one for me.
1: Yeah, I think just supporting characters um, that she sticks to for now.
0: Also, I don't care what anyone says. I find Kazuya to be Funny. I feel like his like the the comedic moments that he's involved in always hit for me. I really enjoy like the antics that he gets up to, especially in this first episode when he's frantically cleaning his room before Chizuru comes over. Like it's so dumb, but I find it to be so funny. And a lot of that is because he's got a fantastic voice actor who can emote just like over the top situations that he's in. Um, or like emote like the, the stress that this guy goes through or the, the feelings that he has for Chizuru. So I think what really makes Kazuya a great character for me is the amazing voice acting behind him.
1: And I guess you just need an over-the-top character to, to balance out uh, Chizuru's kind of calm energy. Um, I, I think she calls or she says of when he looks at the rice meal she prepared, like how he's admiring it, calling it, calling it like eyes of a molester.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and to give credit where credit is due, Kazuya's voice actor is Shun Horie. So really good voice acting work all around. Um, and yeah, I just I, th- I think Kazuya's funny. I know he, people hate him because he's stupid and he fucks things up, but I find him entertaining to watch. And also, I feel like season three kind of semi proves that he doesn't fuck everything up because he made the movie happened for Chizudu. And not only that, we'll talk about it more when we get to that episode, but he made her dream come true of being able to show that movie to her grandma. So if anything, season three at least proved that Kazuya has potential if he just fucking figures out how to tap into that.
1: Yeah, he actually thought with his bigger head instead of his smaller head <laughs> oh in the season. In episode two, Girlfriend Next Door... Sick Girl forces Best Girl to spill the beans about Project Renta GoFundMe and in true Ruka fashion decides to impose on their endeavor to keep her eyes and hands and boobs on kamikaze. While Best Girl tells her best granny news of their film project, Kamikazia actually gets some usefulness out of Sick Girl by penning a script based on a web novel. And Minnie Mouse, too, proves her usefulness by rooting for the only woman that really matters in this series. Don't you dare fucking at me, bro.
0: When Ruka showed up at Kazuya's door, I was like, here we fucking go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I said, here we fucking go. But probably in an opposite emotion
0: (laughs) i i don't know man like we talked a lot about ruka in the last two season reviews and it's no surprise at this point that ruka is not exactly a fan favorite here at strictly anime um and there's just so many reasons for that and her reintroduction in season three is another great example because as soon as she shows up she's only deciding to help this project in order to make sure that she gets to spend more time with Kazuya and gets to keep tabs on Chizuru, I'm like, I don't know. Like, you could just be nice to Chizuru and help her because her grandmother is on her deathbed, basically. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I get the insecurities that Ruka has, but I'm also like, damn, it's just, it's she's not afraid to just be honest that she's doing this for selfish reasons. And then when she asks whose food was better, either her curry or Chizuru's rice, and puts Kazuya on the spot, it just felt like such an immature move and i know that she's younger than them but like it felt just like really immature um to like do that to him and also to kind of by extension do that to chizuru by getting kazuya to say oh the curry was better or whatever obviously chizuru is the bigger person she's more mature she knows exactly what's going on so she kind of gives kazuya that little nod of sorts confirming like okay i know that you said what you said just to appease ruka But the fact that that situation even happens, is just a little, I don't know, it's like annoying.
1: And it implies like what the real fucking answer is, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whose food was better? Whose girl or which girl is better? (laughs) 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 So don't at me.
0: And then the cherry on top is that towards the end of the episode, you have Kazuya who thinks to himself, "Damn, there goes my chance to work on this project project with just Chizadu and like spend quality time with her." And then he stops himself and says, "No, that's not the right mentality to have. Like, this is for her grandma." It's not for my selfish desires. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Kazuya gets shit all over all the time, but yet he's trying to do things for the right reason and put his own selfish desires to the side. But then you have Ruka, who straight up just does everything based on her selfish desires. I don't know, sometimes the the dynamic there is like frustrating because I want Kazuya to have a more critical view of Ruka. But he's constantly always giving her the benefit of the doubt, saying, oh, she's such a good girl. She's doing all of this to help. And I'm like, yeah, but think about the broader picture of why she's helping.
1: Yeah, he's not really putting the pieces together there. Um, It's like uh, there's always, what is it? Not not the end's justifying the means, but I guess there's always a means with her to a certain end, which is her wanting to be ultimately Kazuya's girlfriend
0: yeah and i get it like it's competition right like Chizuru is a lot to compete with um just by, by naturally she's just got it all um but yeah i don't know that's my my ruka rant i just needed to get that off my chest for this uh this new season's uh review episode so that'll be i won't say that's gonna be the only thing i say about ruka but that i just needed to like share those thoughts and, and we can move on from there <laughs> yeah,
1: at the very least her behavior is toned down a bit more this season
0: yeah because they're all working towards a very wholesome and important goal um so i'm glad that there's no like real drama like someone trying to sabotage the project or uh being overly critical of what's going on like i think everyone's pulling together to make things work including sumi uh mommy on the other hand who knows what the fuck she's up to but that's okay
1: and then in this episode we, we get more context behind uh meanie's role in this season uh, where she's introduced as a cosplayer and a, a streamer. Uh, I think her her internet name or, or whatever is Cornet Maru. That's only mentioned like once, and, you know, it's not really relevant. But I think it, it's made clear here that she's not there also to kind of pine for Kazuya's affections. Um, she, she knows what's going on between him and Chizuru, And I would say she's she's basically us, the audience, in that she roots for him and Chizuru to be a thing.
0: I like her because she's trying to make shit happen. She's trying to move this shit along and progress the romance part of the story by getting Chizuru and Kazuya together faster. I'm all for that. I'm like, let's go, I'm I'm right in your corner.
1: In episode three, Expert and Girlfriend, Best Girl gives best approval of the script, prompting Kamikaze to set film plans in motion even faster than he can ejaculate. However, when the project's marketing comes to a halt, Minnie Mouse offers her expertise as a pro Twitch streamer to earn them some Tier 1 subs. Some House Shy Girl's service offerings also boost the project's visibility, But more importantly, Minnie Mouse tries to boost our visibility into whether or not best girl has true feelings for worst guy. Guilty pleasure. I wanted to point out here, um, or if you remember from the guilty pleasures episode, I love to see when there are off brand names in anime. We have one here. It's renteller destiny, which I guess is supposed to be a parody of monster energy. Um, I think this is a drink that Kazia is drinking, um, as as she's f- trying to figure out everything in in this episode.
0: I think it's pretty apparent that Mini is like useful right from the start. Like she's pulling the strings and, and using her knowledge and and skills, I guess, as a streamer to make shit happen for this project. I mean, she's kind of like the saving grace of both. The romance in this uh, season, as well as like the whole film project. Yeah, like, this she's is, making shit happen. This
1: is why she was introduced.
0: <laughs> yeah, like she's a great character. Um, and I, I just, I appreciate that so much. And of course, Ruka is also trying to be like helpful as best as she can, um, sending Kazuya that link and everything and like getting him on the right track for. Uh, for the script and whatnot. So again, people are pulling together to make this happen for Chizuru and her grandma, but no one is working harder than Kazuya at this point. So it is nice, though, to see that for all the effort that he's putting in to make Chizuru's dream come true, he has people in his corner like Chizuru's grandma and like Mini.
1: Don't forget Sumi, although her contributions felt kind of just shooed in because she doesn't really talk, but you know she offered her help by... Uh, passing out flyers or whatever
0: yeah and I said this in um, the season two review I just don't understand Sumi's point that she had a point it's seemingly in season one although she was introduced very late in the game but I feel like at this point you could write Sumi out and it would change very little about the story and I hate to say it because she's a cute character she's kind of the fluff that we need in this harem of personalities and she's got that Comey effect going on with her her difficulties communicating. And she's got a great voice actress um, behind her, Ria Takahashi. But I just don't get her point at this point. Like, I just don't see what value she brings. Everything that she did this season could could have either not have happened or could have happened a different way that didn't involve her at all.
1: I think what she did this season is kind of in line with how her character is is treated in pre- previous seasons where it's almost like uh, she's <laughs> i don't know if this is the right word like she's like a a sort of test run for kazuya or or someone that he can bounce ideas off of but in a way that ultimately benefits chizuru i feel like the way that kazuya interacts with sumi is sort of the way that he should be interacting with with Chizuru especially you know like the, the one of the last episodes of the season where Sumi takes him out on a, a whole day trip and that's where he realizes what he has to do to cheer Chizuru up um, Sumi is just there to be like the catalyst for those things
0: I guess I could see that but again I feel like he could have gotten to those same conclusions without her there unlike Mini where it seems like she is essential to making things work because she has things that nobody else in their their group has. Um, specifically around her being able to call Chizuru out. One of my favorite parts of this episode is when she straight up just calls Chizuru out. Basically saying that Chizuru is in denial. That Kazuya could ever love her. Like it's very clear Chizuru is scared to break down those walls. And accept the feelings that are inevitably developing within her for Kazuya. But Mini's is like doing doing the work that we all wish we could do, um, and just straight up telling Chizuru, like, you're just trying to deny it. You're trying to pretend this isn't happening, but guess what? It is.
1: And that's another thing I like about this season is that we sort of get more insight into Chizuru's thoughts. And here, uh, Mini's kind of opening the door to that by kind of grilling her about how she really feels about uh, Kazuya. Um, It felt like previous seasons, Chizuru... Was always like a a mysterious anomaly. Like you really couldn't tell what she was thinking because you know she she's putting on this act as a rental girlfriend. Um, so you don't know what emotions are are sort of true or what are, are sort of fabricated. Um, and I think she also kind of sees that with with Kazia uh, being this nice, honest, and straightforward guy with the way he's handling this project. But then she's not sure if he's only doing it for chizuru the actress rather than like chizuru the, the person so in that sense it's almost a two-way street but again i, I just like how this season you get to see more of a, a different side of chizuru than the facade that we see her as in being a rental girlfriend
0: yeah, it's it's nice to get that more intimate look into like what's going on in her head. And we talked a bit in season two about why she can be so cold and so distant. I think season three makes us see another layer of that. I feel like she's scared to open up to Kazuya and to accept like the potential of a romantic relationship with him because she's lost everyone that's important in her life, right? She lost her parents, she lost her grandpa, and now she's losing and does lose her grandma it's probably very difficult to get close to somebody else when you think and realize that everyone else that's been close to you, everyone else that you've considered family is now gone. Like, is this person going to leave me too? So I I imagine that that could be an aspect of what's keeping her from admitting that there are feelings developing.
1: Last thing with this episode, um, there's a scene where Mini raids Chizuru's apartment for personal belongings that she can auction off to like the crowdfunding backers um, and she finds this very scandalous chinese dress that could serve as a premium reward this is a figure isn't it
0: i think there's a figure of her wearing that yeah
1: um so i don't know if like this is where the design or idea for that figure was pulled but as soon as she pulled out that or as As soon as Meanie pulled out that red dress, I immediately recognized it. Um, And yeah, it is that same dress. I'm looking at a picture of the figure right now. Um, So whoever wants to buy that, get on it. (laughs) In episode four, D-Day and Girlfriend. Unfortunately, best girl leaves us blue-balled by denying any feelings for worst guy but her unassuming date with Even Worst Guy makes Kamikazia look like a goddamn angel. Thankfully, Even Worst Guy uses his sex appeal to further gain support for Project rent a go setting it just above its funding goal to make Best Girl's Best Dreams and Kamikazia's Wet Dreams a reality. I knew there was something up with this Umi guy. I knew there was a catch.
0: Yeah, it was weird because the last time he was introduced see, last season, he seemed pretty unsuspecting. Like it was the opposite situation where Kazia assumed he was a sus dude. He was in season one,
1: wasn't he? The Christmas. It, oh, I'm just, the I'm Christmas thinking that's date. yeah, I'm mixing but it up. But he did play a more prominent role in season two as like her actor friend.
0: Yeah. I think so, yeah. So I think, again, it was the the script was flipped last time where, like, Kazuya assumed him to be a bad guy and then turned out, like, he's not that bad at all. He's At the time, anyway, he wasn't interested in Chizuru in that way. Now we've got the reverse situation where, like, Chizuru fully trusts him and says, you know, whatever, we're just going to go watch a movie. Turns out he's not with his girlfriend anymore. He's interested in Chizuru and questions, like, if she has feelings for Kazuya. So the whole thing is just building up to, um I guess, him softly confessing his feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the whole thing really is just another opportunity for the universe to ask Chizuru, how do you actually feel about Kazuya? I think that's the key takeaway here, is that Chizuru had the opportunity to go out to dinner with this guy and like spend time with him, um, but because she has these feelings that she's still denying. She makes the choice to go hang out with him and of course help the group with promoting the film because it's a film that they're helping her create to realize her dream.
1: I'm just glad she stuck to her principles by turning him down. Uh, I know that was probably risky on her part uh, because it, it, this would have been like a, a sort of, what do you call that? Uh, quid pro quo, this for that. Um uh, thankfully the guy retweeted the project anyways probably uh just to stay on jizuru's good side uh but yeah i can also just see this as a, a scenario that further confirms or yeah further investigates what her true feelings are about kazuya in episode five filming and girlfriend Filming for Best Movie starring Best Girl commences with Kamikazia as a producer willing to do anything, anything, to ensure the project succeeds, including making a cicada buzz off a bridge at his own body's expense. But at least Best Girl acknowledges his efforts. Things get two times spicy when the director tasks Kazuya with filming the final scene privately with Best Girl, a plan set in motion thanks to Minnie Mouse's anime scheming and really putting the pressure on Kamikaze's wet dreaming.
0: I'm very thankful that the movie-making process is not being dragged out this season. Like, it it moved along at a nice pace and it wasn't taking away from the romance because there are other anime that make you sit through something like this and halt the romance. Like, they they put a pause on it to, to... progress whatever like sub story is going on or subplot is going on and it makes it feel like filler here they're striking a nice balance where you don't need to stop the storyline of the film and you don't need to stop the progress of the romance they're both developing at the same time and complementing each other so nothing ever feels like it's detracting from the other and it never feels like it's dragging out and the pacing doesn't feel like it's all over the place we've got a really nice flow happening throughout season three
1: it does feel a bit weird that Kazia suddenly knows what to do as a film producer and even like getting the scheduling the resources all together to ensure that this film gets shot smoothly but i guess in in terms of explaining how you think the pacing um, is, is moving briskly it, it i feel you can kind of justify all that with going back to Kazuya, just doing his best to make sure that Chizuru is able to achieve her dream. And so he'll, he'll learn about what it takes to be a producer. And that just leads us to more of like, just like these montages. I think there's a montage of him working on this film and everyone else shooting it. Um, so yeah, I don't think we needed to really see, like, Kazuya learn the ropes of how to put together a film. It's more just implied. The thing with Mini putting together a scheme to ensure that Kazuya and Chizuru end up going alone on that trip to film the final scene. I know she found a way to make Ruka, like, stay back in Tokyo or whatever, but I thought to myself like wouldn't Ruka just randomly show up at Kazuya's place to check in on him just like she did in the first episode
0: I mean probably she caught on eventually and then showed up to where they were actually like staying at the hotel well they weren't at the hotel but like where they traveled to she went that far
1: yeah I I don't think Ruka would have been that dense or or maybe I'm (laughs) wrong uh, to, to just take Minnie's story at face value about um having the, the, the flu or who was uh yeah of meaning having the flu and then postponing the shoot because of it but again it just serves the plot better to keep ruka out of it at least for the next episode in episode six final scene and girlfriend Kamikaze and Best Girl arrive at the Lover's Resort Retreat and get it on with filming the final scene to perfection, to which Best Girl shows Worst Guy her utmost appreciation, but hides her utmost emotions under a blanket at night. At the very least, we get the spiciest skin contact scene between Best Girl and Worst Guy on the bus back to their departing train station— Until sick girl shows up to sour their sexually tense soup with her meagerly mild manure.
0: Um, I was kinda hoping for spiciness at this point while they were away, and then we got like none. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know the I get
1: The bus scene. I know the Okay, yeah, I
0: guess so. (laughs) I get the point is to learn more about Tuzudu. Like we get more about her backstory with her grandpa. She expresses gratitude to Kauzia. Like, this is meant to be a a really important intimate moment between them, like not sexually intimate, but just like them connecting on a different level because Chizuru is accepting of everything that Kazuya is doing for her and Kazuya gets that the thank you that he very much deserves at this point. But man, I was just like, can I get a little spice? Just like a sprinkle, just a little couple of flakes of spice. Like I just, I wanted a little something. Not to say there was nothing at all, but it, a lot of it, a lot of the spice in the season is just Kazuya reacting to stuff or that fantasizing. is fantasizing. Like, yeah, fantasizing versus like actual things happening between him and another individual.
1: That's okay. We we got the the bus scene. That's enough. That's enough spice for one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least that was like wholesome and romantic. And I mean, it's
1: kind of it's kind of tropey, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know, it it, it was a nice way for them to end their
0: trip and then ruka shows up at the end like <laughs> a roach is the worst way to end your trip yeah like a fucking roach and demands Kazuya spend the night with her at the same hotel i'm like what are, what are these demands what are you doing right now you traveled all this way to turn around and go right back the other direction
1: and that leads us into episode seven Kazuya and girlfriend As punishment for his one-night not-so-stand with Best Girl, Kamikaze is forced to bow to sick girl's every demanding whim for her stupid birthday, but recognizes her demands out of wanting to be treated fairly rather than out of a uh, competitiveness with Best Girl, although she yearns to call him the equivalent of Babe, which kind of throws that goodwill right out the window. Elsewhere, Best Girl visits Best Granny at the hospital to provide a status update on the film. But when the topic of Kazuya rears its ugly orange-haired head, she once again, Taylor Swift, shakes it off.
0: So the episode overall was like, Decent, but nothing too exciting. I would actually spiciness
1: here with you know, like rubbing the the sunscreen.
0: There was yes, <laughs> and, but I actually forgot about Ruka's heart condition because she rarely talks about it. So here we're reminded that like there's a whole reason she's so attached to Kazuya with relation to her heart condition. But then she looks at her monitor and sees that her heart rate had gone up after the whole like sunscreen scene unfolded. But in my head, I'm thinking, of course, your heart rate will go up if you're sexually aroused. That's not surprising. I don't know if that's like even if she's sexually aroused, her condition keeps her heart rate low or whatever. But I was just kind of like, I don't I don't get the big surprise here. And then, of course, like I think overall, she was pretty tame for her birthday. The only thing that she asked for was like Kazuya allowing her to call him by just his first name with no um, honorifics, I guess, attached to that. And I have to say, to Ruka's credit, she knows exactly how to play the game. Because while she did that for herself to be able to feel closer to Kazuya, really what she did is to try and get at Chizuru. And it worked. Because Chizuru, at a later point, is sitting in her apartment and just, you know, to herself says Kazuya, as if she's like imagining what it would be like to call him by just his first name.
1: Yeah. Like I said in the synopsis, for her to do that. It's Like you're just here to to get to first place, because uh, yeah, like well, bef- it is a harem. So I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, this is a harem. But you know, before all of that, uh, Ruka was trying to tell Kazuya like she didn't want him to do this because she, she she's in a competition with Chizuru. It was just that she wanted to have a special time with him on her birthday. But I, I feel like that's, just went right out the window with her wanting the rights to call him babe, essentially. So I'm sure he's going to regret that in the future. And yeah, I'm pretty sure the next episode where she just calls him Kazuya without the honorifics, like I'm sure he regretted it then.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of this is going to make it way harder for Kazuya to finally rip the Band-Aid off when he inevitably has to tell Ruka that the one he wants to be with is Chizuru.
1: In episode 8 family and girlfriend after sharing the disappointing news of their one night not so stand and the even more disappointing news of sick girls promotion in the girlfriend hierarchy kamikaze and best girl take best granny with them to scope out the theater for the premiere of best movie starring best girl with how much the stars are aligning for best girl and her acting future It would be a real shame if something tragic happened at this moment to a character that matters most to the female protagonist's motivations and took this narrative to a more dramatic and emotional level.
0: Okay, there were red flags everywhere for something bad to happen. Like, it was going the The whole sequence with the theater was going so well. I'm surprised the grandma didn't die right there in the theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, this like so- something's gonna happen. Like it's just, it's it's a it's a it's, fucking
1: trope,
0: right? Like it's just trying to make you get your lower your guard so that the inevitable hits you even harder. But yeah, it was all it's like too obvious.
1: The burdens of being an anime reviewer. Right. <laughs> just recognizing these red flags right away. And so I think it's this episode where I mentioned previously that we, we get an alternate version of the ED. Uh, well, the hell was the name? <laughs> End Roll by Ambers, but it's a slow ballad version. Um, this one, we see Chizuru in a yukata with a sparkler outside in the evening. Um, I think this visual makes more sense once we see episode 12 is this is more of like a recollection of Chizuru's past memories with her grandparents. So it makes sense to pair it with the two episodes that pertain to her grandmother. In episode 9, Parting and Girlfriend, as Best Granny lays dying on her hospital bed and slowly losing out on ticket presales for Best Movie starring Best Girl, producer Kamikaze comes to the rescue by presenting her and Best Girl with a pirated copy of the movie. Despite being too old to understand the subtext of the film, Best Granny gives it a thumbs up and becomes one with the Force, having never known the truth of Best Girl's real relationship with Worst Guy. Kamikaze expects Best Girl to be a glass case of emotion, but she utters two of the most dangerous words a woman can ever say to you. I'm fine. Thus after, why'd
0: you look at me when you said that <laughs> <laughs> because
1: you probably know that to be true thus after attending best granny's wake kamikaze seeks counsel from a woman who probably knows what to do best in this situation who exactly that's right shy girl
0: oh shit grandma died Oh, no. <laughs> what have So sad. I, okay, so there's this whole back and forth between Chizuru and Kazuya for the last episode uh, and or two, I think episode eight and nine, um, about what do we tell her? She's on her deathbed. It's not right to lie to her. We have to come clean about our relationship. And I think I said this in the last season as well when this came up. I agree with Chizuru. There's no point in telling her. Let her die peacefully. You're only going to make the situation (laughs) way worse. She is so happy that Chizuru has somebody. And think about it. The grandma is the last family member Chizuru has. She's probably scared to leave Chizuru alone in this world. But she Mm -hmm. she probably finds a ton of comfort knowing that, at least in her mind, Chizuru has the love and care of a boyfriend who really loves and cares about her that makes the grandma feel much more comfortable with the reality that she's facing why would you ruin that in the final moments like I know it's always good to be honest but I think there's certain limitations and there's certain exceptions and this would be an exception where the, the lie is not hurting the grandma in any way in fact it's helping her a lot so while it's wrong to lie I think you can make the exception here because of the benefits that it's giving the grandma
1: yeah. I mean morally for me it just feels like something you're going to regret, but that's just that's just me. Right, Cause... like it's
0: it's never like as black and white as I'm describing yeah. it. It is very difficult. I can I can understand why they're grappling with this decision, especially in panic mode when she's moments away from dying, but I would probably land again because there's no downside to this because it's only benefiting the grandma to think you know, positive things, I feel like it could be okay to just continue the lie up until her final moments. Or the alternative is to simply go out for, what, 24 hours? Just suck it up and say, we're actually dating. Like, let Kazuya actually ask Chizuru out, let her say yes, and then technically they are dating (laughs) up until she passes away. So technicality. Yes. (laughs) So you wouldn't even be lying at that point.
1: I mean... The grandma does kind of reassure Chizuru uh, because I think Chizuru mentions um, having lied to her about something, but yeah, gr- the grandma reassures her that I think she says like one lie can make up for the truth of a dream, uh, hearkening back to this, this whole thing of actresses being actresses, actors being expert liars, but... In the way that they lie to an audience by portraying a role, it affects them in a way that gives uh, their emotions some sort of truth. So I guess in that sense, it's it sort of justified that Chizuru doesn't tell her grandmother the truth, um, and allows her to 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 die peacefully. Although I'm sure she's going to haunt her in uh, from the grave beyond <laughs> uh, about lying about her relationship with Kazuya, uh, but. Yeah, I think all that aside, just seeing Chizuru in such a vulnerable moment here at the time of her grandmother's passing was something so different because, of course, we've always seen a stoic Chizuru in previous episodes and previous seasons, uh, but this is the one thing that does make her break down. Uh, Before this, though, I want to call out how I thought Kazuya was just such a real bro by, Hell
0: yeah, he was. He did great.
1: Yeah. Like, I know the last episode he was kind of wrestling with how how he can help comfort comfort Chizuru. Comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Filipino fob came out of me for a moment. Uh, how to comfort Chizuru in such a vulnerable moment. Um, you know, the timing with the, the film finally being edited uh, just was serendipitous and such a coincidence. But I just love how he just silently... Goes into the hospital room, sets up the projector and laptop, plays the film, and just walks out just to allow Chizuru and her grandmother to have one final serene moment together in watching the film that she had so hopes for her grandmother to see.
0: Yeah, that was a a pro move because, one, if Kazuya had tried to talk to Chizuru about it, she probably would have been like, no, it's too late or no, it it doesn't make sense to do that. He was like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to bypass her altogether and do this thing that I know is the right thing to do. And then also to not say anything when he gets into the room to make himself feel almost like a ghost, right? Like minimize his presence. It's not about him. It's about them. He just physically needs to go into the room to set it up for them. It's like pretend I wasn't even here type of situation. That way it's not cutting into the sentimental moment that Chizuru is having with her grandma. But I have to say for a show like Rent a Girlfriend that is pretty spicy and pretty over the top and pretty nonsensical, episode nine got to me. I, I, I did start to feel tears well up at a certain point. Really? Yeah, like I wouldn't say I was like totally choked up and I was like, okay, this is pretty emotional because mm. like you said, we're seeing somebody who is pretty cold and distant and has her shit together all the time finally break down and while also trying to be strong as the last person she calls family is about to leave her life. And then, of course, like that final moment where they're like hugging in the the hospital bed and whatnot, like that was that was really well done, I thought.
1: Yeah, I'm just laughing because obviously this moment was coming, um, but That aside, yes, it's a very emotional moment for Chizuru since the last of her family has passed away and that kind of, that leaves her very much alone. Although, you know, she has Kazuya there who tries to offer comfort for her. But of course she goes back to stoic Chizuru and says that she's fine. Which, like, (laughs) seeing that, I think that was more of a shock to me than seeing uh her her grandmother pass away because for her to like turn back and I think you know that like sort of sparkle sound effect plays and her having this bright expression on it's like I in in a real situation seeing that would just be so jarring. And I, of course that's how Kazuya reacts. Um so yeah. Like here like you want to have Chizuru like have her, her closure with this moment, but you know, her being, I guess, the actress that she is putting up that facade. Um, it's hard for her to break out of that.
0: Yeah, the entire time in the hospital, I just kept screaming in my head to Kazuya. I'm like, fucking hug her, you moron. Like, just hug her. Just do it.
1: In episode 10, Spontaneous Trip and Girlfriend, Kamikazya books a therapy session with Shy Girl seeking her advice on how to best cheer up Best Girl, at her worst time so shy girl sends him on a wild goose chase across the tokyo expanse to teach him a physically exhausting lesson on serving up smiles something which could have just been condensed in a goddamn email with this in mind however kamikaze reinvigorates himself to book best girl as a rental girlfriend for the best date ever
0: I truthfully don't have much to say about this episode. I felt like it was a really roundabout way for Sumi to basically tell Kazuya, go cheer Chizuru up. Yes. And it just felt like an excuse to give some screen time to Sumi when, as I mentioned earlier, she's kind of fallen to the wayside and almost seems a bit pointless at this point. And again, this is coming from someone who enjoys Sumi's character. So I'm not saying it in like a, a nasty way. I'm just saying it in a very like honest way. I kind of wish sumi played a bigger part and i wish that she had more um usefulness than just like a plot device at this point so that's really all i can say about episode 10
1: as much as i feel like sumi is my number two girl in this show i think this episode was just more for sumi to to do something this season um it fits her character of course by helping kazuya realize something um but yeah it's part of it was just like this kind of felt like a filler episode um and like i said in the synopsis she could have just sent this in an email basically uh the other thing i wanted to bring up with this episode is i forgot that that kazuya works at a karaoke lounge because he hasn't been working there this whole season Um, but when he breaks the news to ruka about Chizu's grandmother passing um she she kind of handles the news Maturely, but then when she finds out that like kazuya wants to cheer chizuru up uh that she sees that as more of chizuru getting an advantage over her um and kind of takes back her her, her sort of condolences for chizuru uh which makes me think like her grandmother just fucking died. Can't you just put aside your vanity for a moment? She does revert her, her feelings after that. So I I guess it it, kind of cancels out, but. But She still
0: said it in the first place.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, (laughs) I know one of our friends thinks Ruka is best girl of rent a girlfriend, but Situations like this um, and reactions like this out of her, like sh- she's getting much lower in the totem pole. Probably not close enough to, to mommy, but God, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. In episode 11, Girlfriend and Boyfriend, Kamikaze commences Operation Best Date Ever with Best Girl by treating her to fancy clothes, a fancy movie, a fancy tutorial, a fancy rock climbing, a fancy crab buffet, and a fancy fireworks display. But Best Girl remains stoic as ever in bottling up her emotions post-granny. Although when he happens to see her trembling at the sight of a sparkler, he knows she's about to burst, but not in any sort of sexual way, of course.
0: Um. So I also don't have much to say about 11, episode 11. It's a typical date um, with some, some highlights, and I get that it's all leading up to like, you know, Chizuru facing what's happened um, and, and Kazuya helping to kind of break down those walls and showing that he put so much effort to try and cheer her up because he really cares about her but it did kind of feel a little bit long um, I think really the payoff is like what happens during the the firework scene but everything before that is it's a fun ride I enjoyed it but there wasn't anything like super compelling about the date
1: yeah But I guess it's meant to be typical to show that, again, Chizuru thinks that everything should return to the status quo without her really acknowledging her grandmother's death and and processing it in a proper way. So I guess in that sense, again, like it it being a typical, I guess, Rent-A-Girlfriend episode in that sense may seem redundant, but at least there is some meaning behind it. the crab leg dinner, it's 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 funny that we have another show in recent memory that has to deal with eating crab legs.
0: Now I want crab legs. Yeah. I've gone from wanting blizzies <laughs> to wanting crab legs.
1: Yeah, because our, our Konosuba season one review also involved a scene with, with crab legs. So seeing a similar scene here, it's like, man, we need to go to a crab leg buffet very soon. And in the final episode for season 3, episode 12, Ideal Girlfriend and Girlfriend, despite nearly cracking at the crackling, Best Girl keeps her composure to Kamikazia's chagrin, until he activates her waterworks with a touching soliloquy about how even the Best Girl falls down sometimes. The next day, he butts heads with Minnie Mouse about how he's reached second second base with Best Girl, who in secret believes he may have hit a home run with the success of Best Movie Starring Best Girl. And then we see Mommy again, a brief cameo which I call
0: Foul. I was screaming. I was like, Kazuya, why didn't you hug Chizuru when she cried? He even had his hand go up. And then he pulled away. He said, no, I'm not going to hug her. And I'm like, why, goddammit, why? Because Why?" get a boner. <laughs> I'm just like that would, that would have been such a defining moment for them but I also feel like it's so it's the creator's way of like teasing us to keep us interested right like Kazuya is not at a point where he feels worthy of Chizuru's love because Chizuru hasn't given him any signs that she's interested because she's still got these walls built up so I it makes me very much look forward to the moment where Kazuya can kind of, like, earn that hug, I guess. Not to say he hasn't earned it by now, but you know what I mean, like, have a better connection with Chizuru where he feels more comfortable doing something like that. Um, Because right now he always kind of puts himself in his place, like, I'm just the neighbor. I shouldn't even be talking to her. I'm not worthy of her. And I'm like, Kazuya, you've done more than enough at this point to to warrant hugging somebody when they're crying and and at their most vulnerable because clearly she's leaning on you as a pillar of support.
1: Yeah, you've known her for 36 episodes now. I think that's enough experience to at least hold her in embrace. But, you know, part of it, maybe he's just trying to be chivalrous, which feels like a rarity from Kazuya. Um, But, yeah, I think he still needs to build up his self-confidence when it comes to Chizuru's true feelings for him.
0: As I mentioned earlier, um, at the start of this episode, there's no spicy ending this time with uh, season three. It closed out pretty cleanly for everybody, except of course for Mommy suddenly suddenly resurfacing. Um, I think she's with Kazuya's grandma, mm-hmm. and then also like invites kazuya's friend to join them so i'm like okay shit's gonna go down next season i think this is the this is the return of mommy that we've all been waiting for but also dreading at the same time (laughs) so i'm excited for that um but i felt like again everything closed out really cleanly everything was wrapped up in a nice pretty bow even you know between chizuru and kazuya there wasn't anything crazy it was just like they were on good terms
1: which is fine I guess, for an arc that had an emotional death in it. um, This is kind of like the silver lining post-mortem, I guess. But I think just the reminder that mommy's still lurking out there helps to kind of bring Rent-A-Girlfriend, hopefully it'll bring it back to the spiciness levels that you were hoping for. Uh, Because, of course, we're wondering what this is all about although i'm sure the manga readers know and maybe maybe we don't want to know what this is all about (laughs) um one last thing i wanted to point out i'm pretty sure at the end of each season or for season one and two uh chizuru has uttered the word baka when talking about kazuya instead here i know it's not the final word of of the episode she calls him a weirdo instead did you catch that
0: i did not
1: because she does say, say baka at, at like the season finales right
0: i don't recall okay. i think so
1: maybe it's just something i caught on to it i think i was expecting it kind of like hearing i have a bad feeling about this in any given star wars movie Uh, but maybe that's just a testament to how this season, this arc kind of goes in a different direction for the series. And that brings us to our final thoughts for Rent-A-Girlfriend season three. So how many lights, camera, erections out of 10 would you give this season?
0: I would give season three a seven and a half out of 10. It's, it's a solid season. I enjoyed it. I just feel like it's a departure from the traditional rent-a-girlfriend that we know. Is that a bad thing? No. And I think it is good sometimes to have something different in a show so that it doesn't feel formulaic. It doesn't feel repetitive. This is the the show branching out and saying, hey, look we have spice, we have harem, we have romance, we have crazy antics, but we can also have depth. We can also be serious. But I think the trade-off here is that because we're tackling a more serious part of the story, it means that there's less fun to be had, at least the fun that draws me to rent a girlfriend. So we get a ton of progress with the movie, like, full closure on that. Um, we have progress with Chizu's grandma. I don't mean that as if, like, she, she finally dies, but, like, she does pass away, um, and, and that is a catalyst, I'm sure, for something with Chizuru, you know, it, with future seasons. Um, we do get a decent amount of uh, development between Kazuya and Chizudu. I would say less so on, like, the obviously romantic end but there's development in terms of them just trusting each other more opening up to each other more and and growing closer in some way um but again like i feel like the the trade-off here is like you get less of the exciting things that make rent a girlfriend stand out that that give it the buzz that it usually has around that title around this anime um but then you know you you have a more wholesome Story arc to to enjoy. So would I want that all the time for Rent a Girlfriend? No, I like the fun that that Rent a Girlfriend traditionally has, but I don't mind this um this you know new take, this new angle that we're going with. But that's why I kind of feel it falls in like the seven and a half range because it just doesn't excite me the way that it's exciting me is kinda of weird thing to say, but it doesn't excite me the the way that season one and season two did because of of uh, all of the stuff that Rent to Girlfriend is generally known for. But what about you?
1: I would give this season an eight and a half out of ten. Compared to season two, I feel like this season just had much more substance and it highlighted the main cast in ways that gave them more depth and dimension particularly in how kazuya has finally channeled his hard dick energy into something useful for a change by doing whatever he can to fulfill chizuru's acting dream and on the other side of the coin we see a vulnerability in chizuru that previously was only hinted at showing us that again even the best girl falls down sometimes ruka and sumi make commendable cameos as well whilst toning down their archetypal behaviors for the sake of supporting best girl although the introduction of mini didn't feel like it contributed much else besides proper marketing strategy but at the very least she wasn't another wrench thrown in the harem mix also thank fucking god we barely saw mommy this season but i know that's gonna change real quick so we just gotta enjoy it while it lasts All in all, the independent film arc for Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 3 was a much-needed change of pace, in my opinion, from the spicy and trashy aspects that are still strong staples of Rent-A-Girlfriend. And it does well to close the gap between Kazuya and Chizuru that could make their true relationship really begin to blossom. Although I know some members of our Discord have voiced their discontent at how the story is, for lack of a better word, progressing in the manga counterpart so revisiting that discussion but in the end it's it's trashy media and it's still a beloved one at that i i think so what more can you expect really
0: i feel like we're on par with a lot of things with rent a girlfriend but it's clear where our priorities lie and what we enjoy about the show because <laughs> yeah you're, you're fine with less spice and more seriousness and i'm I prefer more spice and less serious with the show. But at at the end of the day, as long as there's progress between Kazuya and Chizuru, I think we can both be plenty happy with Rent-A-Girlfriend. Yeah, I just
1: want to see where this fell off (laughs) because now it's making me really curious.
0: We've got to be getting closer to that memed moment from the manga Mm-hmm. So I imagine it's only a matter of time before we finally understand what the fuck all the fuss was about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's not like a promised Neverland or two-year eternity moment, but we'll see.
0: Have we gotten any confirmation about season four? I feel like normally they confirm it immediately after, like they confirm the next season immediately after um, the current season ends.
1: Um, No, aff- official confirmation that i've seen uh so yeah i'm sure maybe a couple months from now uh, there will be an announcement
0: well you guys can be sure uh that we'll review whatever season is coming up next season four um of rent a girlfriend because i'm still enjoying it Uh, And I'm holding out hope for all the crazy antics. I keep using the word antics. All the crazy shenanigans that Mommy, I'm sure, will be up to um, based on what they hinted at the end of season three. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. We appreciate you so much. Let us know what you thought about Run to Girlfriend season three because I know that... Um, it's a very divisive show. I'm sure there's some hot takes out there. But as always, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash The Strictly Series. And to into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.